0: Between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. No, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems. I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'm a show them freedom like a bone cut we gonna fight back. Yeah. we breaking chains over here. Yeah. You can stay over there. Stay. Cause this is. Welcome Revol- back, everyone, too. It's uh, Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol Only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network and the YouTube channel. Uh, joining me here on the line, well, this man here, as uh, Vitaly Klitschko said, it's the most dangerous industry there is. And this is coming from a world heavyweight champion, boxing champion. Uh, this man here is going to be running for public office in Chicago, Illinois. He is going to be running for a House of Representative position. And, well, a lot of people are wondering, why do you want to do this, especially this time? But, well, he wants to do it. And, well, we're going to find out about that a whole lot more. I give you a congressional candidate from Chicago uh, District 16. I give you Jack Lombardi. Jack, let's start off here with what the hell are you doing? I mean, what makes you want to run for a office where everything is, you know, with your life is put under a microscope. Your children, your family will be attacked. Uh, there, there are basically it's Knowles, Bard, and oh yeah, there will be at least 40% of the people who hate you no matter what. So what makes you decide to do this?
1: Why do you want to run for office? First, before I start, before I answer, I want to say what an honor uh, it is to be on here with you. And thank you so much for having me. Why do I want to do this? Well, <clears throat> if I could be, you know, I understand most of your audience is MMA related and you have some MMA fighters, and martial artists in there as well. They'll probably get this. It was a higher calling, a deeper purpose. This is not... You know, the nonsense, the um, the show, if you will, side of this, that's not, uh, you know, of course that could, it's not appealing, right? We'll, we'll all agree. But there's something more to this whole thing. And I believe in, in the way I was raised is uh, right is right and wrong is wrong, right? And I want to make sure that our children, our grandchildren have the same freedoms that we have enjoyed in this country, and uh, I mean, <clears throat> it's not rhetoric; it's not for show. They really are under attack. Our rights that we have enjoyed are under attack for sure. So why am I doing this? It was a higher calling. It was, uh, <clears throat> you know, you you got when you sit back and you look at everything that's been happening and what's been done, if it was a mathematical equation, it only goes back to the same politicians playing the same games. And if you look at the constitution and how it was written specifically for House of Representatives, they wanted people, the founding fathers and all their wisdom wanted people close to the people, we the people, right? They wanted people uh, to come from those areas to represent those people in the district right i, I there's not a nicer way to put this I, i'm sorry so i'm you know i'm like many americans and and, and i'll be honest with you i'll go on a limb and say this i was having a conversation with my father uh and i'm blessed to still have him here with us and i i said dad <clears throat> i believe that the moderate middle, right, which is the largest group by far, is the most underrepresented in this country because you're always forced to the left or to the right by a handful of uh, hot topics, you know, uh, issues, right? Hot, you know, hot issues. And I believe that we need to start having real people step up, not the person that went to college for, for politics because, you know, you're gonna breed the same outcome. That, that's all you're doing. We need to have what the founding fathers wanted was real people to represent real people, right? Not the interests of the elite. And, and that's why we are where we're at. This is why I stepped up. Um, you know, I, I've i always been a fighter, right? I've always had to be the new kid. Before I was 16 years old, I lived in like 43 states, I believe it was. I went to like 13 or 14 different grammar schools. I was always a new kid. Not a big man, so uh, I always had a fight, right? But you know, I always uh, always stood the principle. It, it, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong, and it's that simple. And I, I believe that many of the politicians we have in office are, are not doing right by the people. So, I, I, it's long answer for you, but that is the answer. How tough
0: was that? Both sitting down with the family and explaining to them that. Life's going to change. I mean, you've seen it. And, and this isn't, you know, I'm not, this is me being you know, pro Republican, pro Democrat, whatever you want. This is a different era. Social media, uh, big tech, you have no holds barred, it seems. You know, people have gotten nastier, whether it's on the right or the left. And the kids get it. The, you know, the wife gets it. You know, the parents get it. How tough was that explaining, you know, when you sat down and explained to everybody, look, I'm, I'm running here, this is what I gotta do. I gotta do this for the future, for everything here. There will be consequences. You know, you guys might get hurt. I apologize. This is the nature of, you know, what we are getting into.
1: I, to be honest with you, the, they're the ones that pushed me. I, it, it really is. My wife, when I told her, I said, this is a higher calling. Um, I felt like this was a mission that was given to me and my wife understands that. And, uh, you know, my son, you know, he's, he's the son of, um, his mother is self-employed. It's not my wife. It's my ex. She's successful. She's doing well. She's self-employed. She sees the world differently than most people. Um, she's entrepreneurial. I'm entrepreneurial. Uh, he's surrounded by people who kind of, uh, you know, get after it, right? And so he was, okay, dad. (laughs) And he understands, you know, his life is under a microscope uh, as well. We have conversations um, about that and I don't wanna rob him of his childhood, Uh, but I mean, he's 17. But uh, for the most part, I, I, you know, everyone's supportive. Matter of fact, no one's not supportive. My parents are supportive. My in-laws are supportive. Uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law. Um, my wife is supportive. She, you know, I, I was blessed. I met my wife in the gym. How about that? So my wife, she uh, she was taking MMA cause she wanted to do something different. She was uh, single and we didn't get too many cute girls come through the gym cause uh, our gym was a uh, fighter's gym. It kind of smells like something between dried blood and a strap. <laughs> And um, you know, so my wife is is used to getting in the in the grind with me. You know what I mean? Like she's she's uh, she's she's tough cookie. So you know, everyone's on board. Everyone's on board.
0: It's as you said. you You did you when you competed in mixed martial arts, you made sure you had a team around you that you know that you trusted, that knew what they were doing, that would get you to the to the right places. How tough is it right now for you where, as you said, you get, you, now you have to pick the team and you have to make sure that they see eye to eye with your policies, that they understand what they're doing, uh, that they're competent at their job. How tough was it for you, you know, picking those people and yet finding the right fit, making sure that, you know, hey, we're all on the same page. You know, you're not going
1: left and I'm not going right. And we're going, OK, uh, yeah, we lost the message. Well, that's a great question, actually. that That's uh, definitely an insider type question. With uh, any, any competition, right, you are only as good as your team around you. Uh, I believe I have a very talent stacked team. It took the first quarter of the FEC filing for me to put my team together, um, which some people said, oh, well, you're behind this and that. And I'm like, I, I'm not worried about it. Um, I have one competitor that raised, you know, a, a little chunk of change. And uh, I said, I'm not worried about that. That's not a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I had to assemble the right team cause you, you know, that's, that's how you win is when you have the right team, right? So um, as towards, you know, my people I'm confident in them, uh, you know, I carefully care- and slowly and carefully interviewed each and every one of them. Uh, and did my research on them to make sure that they were gonna they were gonna fit in and of course you know there's always uh trying to get everyone on a synergy you're gonna uh be surprised but my mixed martial martial arts coach right <clears throat> is uh my sifu right he was uh i i, I met him at a very Uh, what would I say? Dark time in my life. Right. Um, and he's been my mentor ever since I've spoke to him every week for 14 years, 14 years. And he's actually, uh, behind the scenes of my campaign, keeping everybody, uh, beaten to the same drum. (laughs) So my coach is, he's still in my corner, you know, uh, he was my best man at my wedding. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's just been, he's a mentor of mine and he's, he's, uh, always, uh, always there somewhere plugged into my life. So, you know, towards, uh, the team, everybody's, everybody's good. And, and I have, uh, you know, like I said, I have a powerful right hand, uh, in my coach, making sure everybody's, uh, you know, communicating correctly. He's, he's such a great, he uh, can articulate so well. I guess that's what I was saying in in, in leadership and keeping everyone together. So it's uh, relieved, to, uh, take a lot of pressure off of my shoulders.
0: <clears throat> it's a di- it's a difficult position what you're in right now because you're trying to appeal to the masses. You're trying to you know get people out to vote for you, and you're trying to do it with with now a lot of people though who, as you said, it's 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 a, a Republican Party that you has now. I'm looking like six candidates. How do you, how tough is it trying to, st- you know, stand out? And how do you try to get, you know, try to get the message, but not give out all the goodies so that your opponents can look and go, we're going to pick this apart. We're going to pick that apart here. Cause it's basically almost, you know, it, it, as I said, it's like mixed martial arts. You're trying to throw a punch, throw a kick, but not just <laughs> telegraph it.
1: Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Let me parallel out of that. Great question. <clears throat> First there's, Here's what I want to tell you. I'm not appealing to anybody. I'm speaking for, right? The people. Uh, I got to be honest with you. It's very rare do I ever hear anyone say that I'm going uh, the wrong direction because I'm speaking for the people because I am the people. I'm what they would call the populist candidate, right? Uh, I, you know, I don't have to raise the kind of money that my competitors you know the other Republicans have to uh, to convince them to convince the voters that you know they're the right candidate. I don't I don't have to do that because you know I'm speaking on behalf of the people in my messaging and everything is is I'm just I'm speaking from my heart as a fellow American in in brother and sister to you know other uh, Republicans and Americans as a whole. So. I'm not worried about that. My other, you know, the other people that are running, uh, my focus is on Adam Kisiger. It's it's not so much on them. Uh, you know, if, if I, I, I try to avoid throwing mud at them, but uh, I do call it the way I see it. And, you know, and if I see, a, you know, something that's out of line, or if I feel it's, it's a, a disservice to the people, I will call them out. But yeah, my focus is on Adam Kizaczer. I'm not worried about the other the other people in the race. Um, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to be distracted. My opponent is the one that's in front of me, and and that's Adam Kissinger. So that's what we would say in MMA, right? Just focus on the opponent in front of you. Um, so it, you know, some people throw their names in because they just they're not really serious, you know. So they wanna get their name in the paper and say they did something, but um, you, you got to get to run a campaign. There's, it, it's like a fight camp. It, it, there's a lot of grit to it and there's a lot of hours. I mean, I also have other businesses uh, that I have and um, a family and uh, I try to work, <laughs> try to get to the bag three days, three days a week. So this is a full-time job. So anybody that's in it for real you know, you have to be committed or or forget it. It's like, you know, like a fight camp, right? I mean, you can't go in there in half-ass a fight camp and expect to win because when you get into the ring or the cage uh, that doubt will set in the moment you get in there and you're standing across from your opponent. So kind of the same thing. How much of this is also
0: for you sort of personal in that it's, it's basically two opposite sides of the coin. you are as you said a self-made man came from nothing had no, you know basically had to scrap fight and claw uh, your opponent is a guy who you know school teacher, father's CEO of faith-based organizations uh, you know was political early in his career, went to you know intern for a. US senator, went to the air Force I mean he is, Basically, you know, that sort of quasi old school all American kid everybody talks about. How much of this of you is personal that he is what you feel the party was and you feel, hey, look, I represent what the, what the people are, you know, the, the new movement that this is becoming for you personal
1: as much as, you know, business and professional? The America First movement won't be stopped. It doesn't matter who's standing in front of me. It doesn't matter who's standing in front of my allies. The America First movement will not be stopped. Uh, Americans have had enough. The business as usual establishment swamp people who are career politicians Um, are, are on notice by the American people. And I believe on both sides of the aisle. I believe that the American people don't like where we're at as a society. I believe the American people, you know, know that there is a small, very highly organized group, a very manipulative group, who's trying to turn our country into socialism and the only thing standing in their, in their way is the America first movement. And I have a lot of faith in that. I have faith in the voters. I have faith in the American people. I have faith even in old school Democrats to come over. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, remember Illinois is a blue state. I have a lot of friends who are union guys always voted Democrat their whole life uh, saying, Hey, we didn't sign up for this shit. Oops! Can I say that on your podcast? You can say whatever you want. This is your show here. <clears throat> All right. I, I mean, honestly, let's be honest. They they're saying, "Hey, we didn't sign up for this socialism stuff." I mean, this is this is not what we were, you know. Told. Uh, they start. They're starting to understand. Democrats are starting to. I, I spoke to. I'm not going to say who, but I spoke to a BA of a very powerful union, and I, I don't think he's even a BA. I think he's 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 more than a business agent in here in Illinois, uh, he's a, he's a powerful presence. I mean, he's a smart cookie. The guy, he's he's very smart. And then we had a very nice conversation, literally on the side of the road. I told him, I said, bigger business is not in the best interest of your union or any union, because they have programs in place that are going to replace the unions. Uh, This national debt that's going through the roof has to get paid back some way, And that always goes back to higher taxes. So what are we leaving our children and can America afford union labor anymore? Can it? It won't, it's just how it goes. I mean, the average home, the new home market, it's an average of $33,000 more to build a home. Look at the gas prices. I don't have to tell you on that. I have a one-year-old daughter, right? diapers went up $10 a box at Costco. Milk has gone off. Milk is always the sign of inflation. So let's be honest. And we have to start having an honest conversation as Americans. What are we doing here? Again, America first, America jobs, American energy, American built, American products. Because the last time we had to depend on another country, we got screwed. And I don't think anyone forgot it because it was last year. Relying on masks and and ventilators you know we had to come from china no that's that's not how this works we are americans we are the brave we are the powerful we are the strong you know we have the most elite military we have great resources we just have poor leadership right now and that is the problem again like i said the america first movement will not stop we are gonna we're gonna hit it head on i mean i'm already getting messed with by antifa Right, you know the uh, tough guys behind masks. Yes, <clears throat> you know i have uh, trolling my my Twitter and, and trolling my uh, Facebook, asking me where what. Don't tell you know. Tell us where you were, you pussy, on January sixth. That's what I, I I'm getting private messages, public messages like that. One, I ain't telling you shit. How about that? I don't have to tell you where I was or wasn't. Now between us, I was at home with my wife, but. I'm not, I'm not answering into them. I ain't bowing down to them. Who are they? What a bunch of, you know, people who, you know, they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. It, you know, it, it, listen, and I, the Christian heart in me says, be patient because they're misled, right? But then also I got the fighter in me that says, fuck them. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the problem there with this whole thing. But we have poor leadership. We really do. And the reason why these people um, are doing what they're doing is because they've been misled by the liberal media, which has been, you know, funded in part, you know, somewhere down the chain by the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, that's why we have to put America first policy in everything.
0: Final question before I let you go. And I've been thinking about this a long time. And Here's, I guess, the question everybody's going to ask as a voter, no matter if you're a Republican, Democrat. It's how, how, why should we believe you? And I, and I don't mean to be me, but you know how it is. Oh, yeah. From let me just finish. It, from whether it's an AOC to a even um, Paul Ryan to your you know Adam kissinger they all came out and said, "We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to be there for the other people." And then all of a sudden, they start wearing beautiful suits. They start wearing you know. They start living in you know, $200,000, you know, apartment complexes or half a million dollar homes. They start driving these beautiful cars. It, it, it is, it, it, as I said, it's politics. There are people who, uh, you know, it, you can call them advisors. You can call them uh, lobbyists, but they'll start, you know, they'll start throwing, you know, the here. Oh, free tickets. Make sure, you, hey, your kids get into private school. We're taking care of that. We're going to do this. We want something in return. How do you avoid that? And then how tough is it telling the people, look, I'm not going to be that when, as, as we've seen, Adam Kissinger went from being hardcore Republican to now, you know, sort of, you know, liberal Republican when, and, you know, everybody's going, well, who do we trust? Why mm-hmm. should we trust you when you might just be, you know, Adam Kissinger 2.0? How do you, con- how do you tell people, convince people that I'm going to be here for the long haul, but I'm not going to be one of these guys who wants to get the money? I'm just going
1: to turn my back and go, see everybody. I'm just looking out for my seat. Because I don't need nothing from nobody. That's how, I mean, that's the answer. I have money already. I've already established my life. I'm not doing this. This doesn't help me. This doesn't help me in business doing what I'm doing. Adam Kissinger was groomed for politics. One of the other people in my race, Catalina Loft, is groomed for politics. AOC was grooming for politics. If you look back at my history, I have no political history, period. I'm not doing this for politics to use it to advance myself. I'm doing this because I'm a pissed off American. I mean, that's the best way I could put it. Because I had enough, because when I look around I see people manipulated by the media. I see good Americans on both sides of the aisle fighting over rumors, over, uh, you know, gossip, and it's perpetrated by the media because of things like uh, the, uh, the Smith Munded Act, uh, the uh, Smith Munded Modernization Act of 2012, when President Obama reformed that, which now makes it okay for the media to write uh, the United States of America in a negative light to domestically, right? So now we have the media who's portraying our country as uh, you know this awful place to be because they want to use that as a uh, a platform to install socialism. I mean, I got a personal gain in this, I, I or, or personal interest. I'm sorry. I have children, okay? I have a I have a little girl that's gonna have to grow up in this country and I have a son that's entering adulthood. These are, you know, these are tough times. The American dream has given me so much. When I was 20, what was I, 20, um, 21 to 22, I bought my first semi. I, I had a car, a uh, Corvette that I paid for. I sold that and I bought a semi, <clears throat> excuse me. Then I was able to buy a second semi And so on and so forth and i was able to make a great deal amount of money by the time i was 25 years old and um and then i had lost everything right i was homeless Uh, i said i went through a separation and a downturn in the economy from the great recession at the same time so i went through all that at once which is a lot i reinvented myself through mixed martial arts i got saved uh, and now I built the top rated and ranked digital marketing company in Chicago. The United States of America gave me that. That's the American dream. I was able to build two very successful businesses. Yes, of course, one failed. But that's okay. I was homeless. I lost everything, my cars, my money, my everything, you know, and, uh, and I was able to do it all over again. And that was the American dream that afforded that for me. My children may not get that. Your children and grandchildren and your listeners' children may not have that opportunity. And I've been able to um, live a decent life. I, I mean, I've been able to live. It's, it's pretty cool, you know. So I've taken advantage of it. I mean, uh, you know, I built my business to where I could go midday and go grapple with my buddies. <laughs> You know, I could take a break in the middle of the day, I can go hit the gym uh, and and work out or hit the bag throughout the day and do the things I love to do. And it's only because the United States of America and the American dream that I was able to live this kind of a life. Uh, So yeah, I want to secure this type of of society, this type of life for, you know, our children, Uh, you know, my grandchildren, your grandchildren. So uh, why, you know, why believe me, I, I, you know, I, I understand there's, there's politicians out there with a great line of BS, but I mean, the American people are waking up to this. It's, it's always the same outcome. And why is it always the same outcome? Because we keep sending the same people to Congress, uh, the American people took a chance on president Trump. I mean, he didn't have any political background and then he opens up a lot of questions. He changed the way things were done, the status quo. Um, he started running the country like a, like a business. And all of a sudden, you know, now we started asking questions like, you know, what the hell are we doing here? You know, why are, why have we been doing it this long for so many years? Well, because the American people have kept electing the same politician, putting them in office, the same person, same persona, same pretty face with the same line of BS, Right and that's what's happened um and that's why we are where we're at period well very
0: heavily, ladies and gentlemen once again we are proud to have on the show i give you a man who is uh well from ma to now the more dangerous uh, arena which is politics i give you u.s house of reps candidate i give you jack lombardi uh, jack before i let you go where can fans uh, check you out at where's the twitter page uh, the instagram the web the official website for you running and where can fans uh I guess, you know
1: hear more about what you're going to say lombardi for and twitter just uh jack lombardi gab i believe it's uh yeah real jack lombardi on gab and uh instagram it's uh jack lombardi for congress facebook it's jack lombardi for congress but The action and the fun is on Twitter and Gab. That's that's where the most engagement. But again, thanks so much, uh, you know, for having me. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Uh, I know you know this is long overdue, but uh, yeah. If your if your listeners want to go to Twitter and you know give me a look and follow, uh, you know, comment and share, that would be greatly appreciated. And somebody had said something to me that just it just popped into my mind. I wanted to share with you. They said, Jack, what happens when you get elected, right? Because I guess in the straw polls, which that can mean anything and we have a long time ahead of us, uh, I'm winning, right? What uh, what happens when you get elected, uh, you know? And then they, they went from a question to a statement, don't forget about us. And I responded with this, I am us. And that's, I mean, that's honestly how I feel. I am us, I am every law abiding, hard-working, tax paying, uh, get up in the morning and work and just want to take care of your family, provide and be left to hell alone. That's who I am. And, and I believe I'm most of America. Yeah, I may look different. Maybe I'll talk, you know, talk a little differently, but at the end of the day, I am us. So um, that would be response to your previous question and something I wanted to leave your listeners with. Uh, go check me out on Twitter. And again, God bless you. God bless the United States of, uh, of America, and God bless this, this state, because believe me, it needs all the help it can get. Jack Lombardi, ladies and gentlemen,
0: once again, whether you love him or hate him, you got to respect him. He is sticking with his beliefs, and we're looking forward to it here. When we come back, it is Davion Franklin. He's going to be t- fighting a b- at Bellator 260, and he has uh, some thoughts on what's going to happen and what he's going to do with his opponents. All this and more, only yawn. On, it is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol. Only on uh, the Blue Wire Hustle Network and the Last Call Rumble Channel. Once again, only on it is last call. Last call with the alcohol. Only on it is the Blue Wire Hustle Network, and now join me on the line. It's been here. Well, he uh, last time out we had him on the show. He went out and got a slam, got a knockout. Well, he's looking to do that again. They'll be fighting. It's going to be this Friday night. It is once again all the way in Mohegan Sun. They'll be. Bellator 259, he'll be taking on Tyler King and heavyweight scrap. I give you once again the hottest heavyweight prospects in the world. I give you Tyler. I give you it's Davion Franklin. Uh, Davion, it's you. It's Tyler King, heavyweight bout. Uh, what What do you What is Do you have anything big planned? I mean, are you, are you gonna do like a spinning a knockout kick? You gonna try you know a flying elbow? Like, what do you have planned here to top the last knockout?
2: Uh, you you asked me what, what what am I gonna do for uh, yes. Tyler King? Uh, I don't really have anything specifically planned, but I, my plan is just to go out and dominate. Honestly, and that's, I feel like I've been doing a good job of that in Bellator.
0: Let's talk Tyler King. He's six foot five, about usually two fifty. Uh, older guy. He's been around the block for a long a bit. Uh, what is is there anything that is there anything special about him, or is he just one of those guys who he has experience and? He knows how to make it an ugly fight,
2: yeah. He has the experience, that's 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 all I can really say. <laughs> he has the experience, and uh, I don't know, that's it, really. I mean, I don't really know too much about him, I just know he's like somebody else was in my way.
0: But so, I guess when we have guys like this, you say, last time out, you went out there, And Ross Highland fought basically to survive a lot. How tough is it? Sometimes? One more time, we <laughs> let like, like, Raz Highland, how, 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 the last guy he beat. He was big to there to survive. Uh, how tough is it sometimes yeah. fighting guys like that? They're gonna just try to just get through all three rounds. They won't push the action, they won't open up. They just won't get in there and make sure they don't get knocked
2: out. Uh, when I look back at that Tyler, not the Tyler King fight, when I look back at the Rise Hilton fight, there's like a lot of things I did wrong. Uh, uh, Rice, no, and with no disrespect to Rise Hilton, he sh- that that fight should have been a first round fight. It should have been a first round knockout of TKO. I just did a lot of things wrong, and I and I learned from it. But I can assure you, going forward in my future in this division, the fight is going to be over when I want it to be over. So I fixed a lot of things that I knew I needed to work on. So I, I, I look forward to.
0: Show- I was gonna say, I know you can't tell us everything because you want to keep stuff secret, but. Get- Give Me, something that you have fixed, like give me something that you've looked at and went, you know what, the, I, I needed to fix this and this, and I took care of it. Like, what, is, what is something that you worked on a gym that you feel you needed to correct?
2: Pace and patience.
0: That's I'm it. glad you brought that up because I was going to ask, how tough is that though? When it's easy to do that in, in the gym because there's nobody's, you know, you're you, nobody's looking at you, nobody's watching, it's just basically you, the corner, the fighter, that's it. How tough is that in a real fight though, when the adrenaline go is going, when you, you know, as you said, you want to finish guys, you don't, you're not getting paid by the minute you're there to basically win. And that's it. How tough is it, you know, during a fight, keeping the emotions in check, when it, you have all the adrenaline, you have the rush and you're just pissed off. You want to knock this guy out and he's still freaking standing there.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. I feel like I have faced my mistakes back in December. And trust me, I was gonna go out there and really put it on uh, Anthony Garrett, the guy who was supposed to fight in December, but he pulled out two hours before the our fight. I was gonna put it on that guy, and I feel like I had fixed my mistakes back. I fixed what I needed to work on back back then. So now I just keep it evolving. Like I'm telling you, like when I'm patient and when I'm calm, it's just it's a different ball game with these guys, and I think these guys know. Anthony Garrett knew, Ross Hilton knew, JW Kaiser knew, you know what I mean? Tyler King, I don't know, man, I, I don't have any emotions. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to go out there and keep proving myself and go out there and take what's mine.
0: Take me to that moment when, as you said, you're getting ready to fight, you're all set to go, and then Anthony Garrett decides a couple hours, I can't fight, I'm not meant medic- to doctors don't medically clear him. He doesn't feel good. How I mean, much did that he, you off? He, 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 basically he, he, for you. It's a waste. You, you, you wasted time. You wasted money. You wasted everything. And you're a guy that didn't want to fight. And basically, then you're screwed.
2: So let me ask you a question. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Yes. So when someone's not medically cleared, that could be anything, right?
0: Basically, yes. It could be anything outside of COVID.
2: So let me tell you, let me let me say this. You know, like when we get to the Mohegan Sun, we do two COVID tests. You know that, right?
0: Yep. hmm
2: Bellator Bellator personnel told me verbatim. That guy was terrified he did not want to fight me. And if he would have failed, if he would have failed one of his COVID tests, I would have knew the day of the fight. Cause we got we get we get two COVID tests or the night before. Like, I would have knew the, the morning, either the morning or the night before, not two hours before. That guy just, he, he didn't want it. And that's that's all it was. But, you know, life goes on. I keep getting better. I take a step up in competition. And I keep, and I'm, and I'm on the same mission, just more relentless.
0: If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we got got Stevie on Franklin on the show. We're talking all things, of course, Tyler King. We're talking Anthony Garrett. We're... As he gets ready for his fight coming up once again, only on his Bellator on Showtime this Friday. Well, actually, sorry. May, uh, Friday, May 21st, Bellator 259. With this going on here, and as you said, you're, you're grinding. You're just focusing on everything here. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get – is there ever a case of you getting frustrated that you it's still taking too long? I mean, as you said – you went from fighting in the fall. Garrett fight basically didn't happen. All right, man. You know, whatever happened, we're not, okay, I, I, he pulled out or he didn't want to do it. And then it's five months. Is it frustrating sometimes when you won all these fights and yet you have to wait because it's just the schedule, you know? You can't, unfortunately, you know, fight sometimes four or five times a year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, COVID, COVID affected everybody. I, think, I, I kind of blame some of that on COVID, but – um. I think if I go out and I'm, and I'm uh, impressive, I'm going to start getting fights more often, as often as I like. So I, I mean, I don't, I, I, me personally, I don't worry about anything that's out of my control.
0: Speaking of COVID, how much did that affect you just in general? I mean, we, well, we know
1: affected,
0: we, yeah, I mean, how, affected, how much did it affect you sometimes not being able to do just like simple things that you took for granted, whether it's going out to breakfast with friends or, going out to the movie theaters, I mean, how much was it frustrating sometimes not having, you know, that sense of stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the only way it affected me is like the the, the pushback from my fights, everything else here didn't really affect me because I don't really go out like that a lot anyway, you know what I mean?
0: So what do you do then? I mean, for when you want to get into just, you know a nice, Mental pleasant? What do you do to relax? What do you do to have fun? Just during those days where you need, you know, you need a day of fun or you need a day of relaxation.
2: Um, to get to get like to get mentally prepared for things.
0: Just mentally, me- mentally prepared. Just or just to have a, re- a regular day off. What do you do just for fun sometimes when you want to just you know cut back and have a day of just relaxation? I don't
2: really have. I don't really take days off I don't really rest I feel like rest is for when I'm resting is for when I'm retired and I'm not doing this but I feel like I'm young I don't there's there's no days off for me honestly there's not even in and when I, in my days off when I'm not training which is probably like sometimes on the weekends I'm just I'm watching fights I'm just trying to enhance my my, my fight IQ but I don't really there's no rest for me in this game not right now I can rest when I'm retired
0: Speaking of that, fights, and as you said, you're a student of the game. Does it bother you sometimes when, and forget about media, we, we, you know, a lot of us sometimes don't know our asses from our elbows. I'll admit that wholeheartedly. Does it bother you when you're watching fights and you see other fighters who have now turned commentator, whether it's the UFC, whether it's Bellator, or even 1FC, and they start criticizing fighters for stuff that you and I both know it's, it's a lose-lose situation whether a fighter basically sometimes you know doesn't want to get caught in a knockout or you know he's injured does it ever bother you sometimes when you have these athletes who just they want to sound bite a bit you know you they'll basically trash a fighter even though they know that fighter was correct
2: i mean that, that's that's always going to be the case i mean i I mean truthfully my friend i don't i don't worry about that kind of stuff because I'm the one in the cage getting the W's. And they're the one outside talking about me, whether it's good or bad. So I don't really, it doesn't bother me at all. Get it how you live, that's it. They they get money. I mean, they're they're doing their thing. They're they get they they're doing their job, and I'm doing my job. I mean, I'm not really I'm not really too affected by what another fighter got to say about me, honestly.
0: But I mean, not even not even you per se like. As I said, you watched fights. You saw the, the you know, the Yairzina, Ruzin, Struik, Cyril Gagne fight. You know what both guys are going through, right? You're, both, you're a heavyweight. Fights like yeah. heavyweights can basically end the fight one punch. So mm-hmm. there's a body sometimes when these guys will, you know, make comments and you know, you guys know what the hell's going on. You know, nobody wants to get knocked out. And You know, sometimes you have to have those tactical fights where, it ain't pretty, but it, you know, you want you need to get stuff. you need to get ben W. You need to get the job done and sometimes winning ugly nah. is the only way you can win.
2: No, nah, I mean, yeah, I mean I, I understand where you're coming from with that for, for sure, but uh, nah it doesn't it doesn't bother me, especially like I mean, like I said, I'm the one out here making highlights, you know, and, and I'm and I'm just gonna get better and better. Like I don't I just I don't focus on the outside world. Like would especially stuff like that. For me, that's, you know, I, I just don't worry about that, and it doesn't it doesn't bother me either. Just like I said, I'm 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 a person who minds his own business.
0: But I'll come once again to May. It's going to be May twenty first. You versus <laughs> Tyler King. Yeah. How big is it to not just win, but win emphatically? start banging the war for a fight with. Anybody from a, you know, a Jake Hager, a baby Fedor, you know, go, you know, how big is it? Yeah. You to get that fight? I mean,
2: you're on yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to get, I'm not, listen, I'm not, a Jake Hager fight wouldn't do anything for me. Once I, once I, once I take out this guy in my third professional fight ever, also my third fight ever, because I, I, I never had any amateur experience. I take out this guy, when I want to start moving up the rankings. I'm ranked number nine at 2-0 out of 25 signed Bellator heavyweights. A Jake Hager fight wouldn't do anything for me. And I'm pretty sure he would not he would not want that fight with me. So that's my goal. Move up the rankings. And and that's it. Win the champion. Win a belt. Be the best heavyweight on the roster. That's my only goal. I don't I don't care about. I don't, I don't care about any kind of popularity I can get from fighting some of these guys. Like I'm doing it for a championship, not, not, not club.
0: Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, once again, I, he is perhaps the best heavyweight prospect right now in the game. And he'll be fighting once again. It'll yeah, be May 21st only on Showtime. I give you, it is none other than all day himself. I give you Davion Franklin. Uh, before I let you go, where can fans check you this out? Team. Where's the Twitter page, Instagram? And who are the spots going to be for this fight coming up?
2: Oh yeah, man! You can just check out my check out my Instagram. Uh, all day Davion, literally, and, and I'm always on on uh, Instagram. So they can just check me out there. I think it's, this is gonna be a good fight, man. I I look forward to going out and doing me and doing my thing. Like it's gonna be fun. I mean, like that's it. Tune in,
0: Davion Franklin, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we're proud to have him on the show. Uh, we come back for final thoughts, including a recap of this weekend, what went right, what went wrong, and what the hell happened with. The Areola versus the Reeves, all of more, only on it is Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol, only on it is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. back everyone to its last call last call of the alcohol only on it is the blue bar hustle network i want to thank my two wonderful guests earlier we heard from of course jack lombardi he'll be running for u.s congress seat in 2022 district 16 we're very excited to have him on the show wish him best of luck plus we also had davion franklin always a pleasure having him on he'll be fighting at bellator 260 really enjoying seeing him in action well i'm looking forward to uh Huge knockout from him, and well, his road towards the heavyweight title. I want to turn our attention about to this weekend in this boxing? Uh, let's start off. It's Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders, and there's a lot at stake for Canelo Alvarez in this fight. He wants to unify. He did that in the first by getting the WBC title and took care of you, you know Yazik yeah, Yidyum you, very quickly. Now he's on to Billy Joe Saunders who. The entire fight camp. He has been playing mind games. From he doesn't want to fight. Ring's too big. He's pulling out. uh, this is all going on. He's not happy. To oh yeah, now he's happy. Now he's gonna you know kick everybody's ass. It's interesting here. I mean, look, Bill Joe Saunders. Hate him or love him, he's a damn good fighter. I don't think though he has the power to. Really hurt Canelo, and you look at his record; he's undefeated. But you know his his best win has been against <clears throat> none other than Dave Lemieux, who it's great, but Lemieux is a one dimensional fighter who likes to use a lot of power. That's not Canelo. You look at Canelo; he is very smart. He understands. You know everything about the game. He understands how to maneuver himself. He understands footwork. He knows how to break fighters down. He's, he's he is one of what he is one of the few fighters you can literally look at and go, there isn't a weakness. And now you come to now if you're Saunders, you can go well, maybe I can outbox him, but that's gonna be tough to do because most guys can't outbox Canelo. Only Floyd Mayweather's has done that. <clears throat> and, you know, as I said, you eventually Canelo brings the pressure. Eventually, if he's not being hurt, he will look and go, eh, I want the knockout. And if he wants it, he'll really get it. And as I said, I, it's a good fight. It's just, as I said, Billy Joe Saunders, it's just the wrong kind of fight for Canelo. He's... A pure boxer who really doesn't hurt you. He doesn't, I don't think, understand about what, you know, entails if you fight Canelo. you got to hurt him. you got to, to beat Canelo, the only person who's done that has been Floyd Wade, whether You really have to get him thinking like, okay, this is going to be tough. This is going to be nearly impossible. And we'll see what happens is, once again, it's going to be a, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Uh, the bad part about this card, though, is it's just dreck in terms of the undercard. And look, unfortunately, that's what happens when you have a Canelo fight. He gets the majority of the money. His opponent gets some money. And everybody else is left with peanut scraps. And you, I'm looking around at the rest of the card, and it's, you know, Nagy Aguilera versus Frank Sanchez. It's... Uh, Kirion Conway versus Sulaiman Sisoku. It's Edwin Soto versus Katsunari Takayama. Yeah, that's for the WBO organization title, but for the light flyweight title. I mean, you you just don't get a good undercard if you're fighting if it's Canelo's fighting because he is the star. He is the one who ma- who makes the big bucks, who draws in the fans, who sells out the tickets. And if you have that guy, well, and he makes a lot of money, well nothing you can do. It's it just it is what it is. You basically gotta maneuver your money and make sure that he's happy and his opponent is happy, and well, everything else, you just sort of use duct tape and stick them together. Now, on the other side, if you don't have the zone but you, you still want to watch fights, I you know, I suggest UFC Fight Night. Rodriguez versus Watterson on ESPN. Uh, look, this fight got thrown together. A lot of fights, you know, got pulled out of his fight card. You, you know, originally had Holly Holm, Juliana Peña. Holly Holm gets injured. Then you had Corey Sandhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Dillashaw gets injured. Um, as we're talking right now, you know, it's Felipe Lins, Ben Rothwell. That fight is out. Uh, Roxifane mm-hmm. Montefiore versus Soto Santos. That fight is gone. Uh, Flick versus Francisco Figueroa. Jimmy Flick retired. And last but not least, uh, Ryan Benoit versus Zarouk Adeshev is not happening because Benoit passed nearly passed out on the scale. So you get this kind of card. It's sort of a, a um, hodgepodge card of just a lot of guys thrown together. and You try to go, well, let's see what happens here. Main event is Michelle Watterson versus Mar- Marina Rodriguez and it, it's sort of a pick fight because you look at Rodriguez and yes, she's pretty good, but she's 34 years old. She's 5'6". And, you know, she while she beat Amanda Rebot, she lost a split decision to Carlos Esparza. That uh, there are holes in the game you know michelle waterson can exploit them you look at michelle waterson and you know people can say well she's not world class but you know she only loses to good fighters i mean carlos sparza joanna jachik uh rose Namahunas. those are very damn good fighters and look i think it's going to be a very close fight it's going to be a five round fight and I think that favors Watterson. She's been down that road. She's won fights like that. Rodriguez is now going into deep, uncharted territory. Because you look at everything and, you know, she's never been past four rounds. She's only been three rounds before. And, you know, as people said, those last two rounds take a lot out of you. Because now it's, you know, instead of 15 minutes, it's 25 minutes. Instead of, you know, only worrying about winning two, you know, two rounds. You want to get one now, at least three. And it's mentally draining. You, literally, will break you. And as I said, I li- I like this fight. I think it's a pick pick'em fight. Rodriguez, I think, is more talented fighter. Waterston is more cagey, smarter. I think she understands things. That's what's going to come down to is who makes the adjustments, who understands, you know, what your opponent's doing to him. Who can be able to break their opponent? Uh, the, other, the other fights in the card, you got Donald Cerrone versus Alex Morono. Well, congratulations to Morone. I don't know, but he won one of his fight. It, it should be just a classic, you know, stand-up bang-up war. Uh, Neil Magny versus Jeff Neal. One guy is going up, the other one's sort of going down. You know, Jeff Neal, people keep saying, oh, when is he going to show his special?" that? This would be a good time. You know, Neil Magny is a guy who. Was on a pretty good win streak with a three fight win streak. Five, if you counted his previous opponents, and then he ran into Michael Kisa, who beat him by unanimous decision. Uh, Can Jeff Neal do the same? And the the best fight of a card, I'd say, if you're not counting any of the main event cards, is. I would, you know, you can probably argue it is Phil Hawks versus Kyle Dacus. Uh, Both men. Have had stumbles in the UFC, but they bounced back. Uh, Kyle Dacus, you know, lost his first fight to Brendan Allen. Beat Dustin Stolfitz. He, you know, his opponent, Phil Hawes, is a guy who's 10-2. You know, he had a tough, you know, at one point, you know, he lost the contender series to Julio Marquez. A lot of people thought, oh, he's not going to make it there. And if any run gets in a roll and he goes just into that zone, you know, wins over Melko Wilcox and Dominic Schrober outside the UFC, then you know, Jacob Malkoun and Nasrdeen Iman, you know, Ima, Imavov, pretty good wins. It's once again, it's you know, if Haas uses his wrestling and takes you know, Dac- Dacus down, it's going to be a Haas night. If if uh, Dacus himself can keep the fight standing. May cause chasing, you know, you know, use a lot of leg kicks. I think it's going to be a long night for Haas. And it'll be a, you know, very quick night for Gal Dacus. So we'll see what happens here. Once again, it's going to be USC fight night. It's going to be only on ESPN. Check the time below, your time to local listings for details. But we got to wrap this up. So for Jack Lombardi, for none other than Davion Franklin, this is Chris Carr saying I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action, but only on it is Last call, last call with the alcohol, only on it is the Blue Wire Hustle Network.